Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 147. This week on the show, I've got an incredible conversation with Ryan Oaks. Um, Huge shout out to him for taking the time to do this. Um, Some of you might be familiar with him, some of you maybe not. This dude has been on a fucking grind for a long time, and that's kind of what we talked about is that buildup, you know, starting from his roots all the way to where he's at now, uh, dropping songs with Loveless, just dropped a song with uh, Magnolia Park, and, you know, he's got so much shit that he is working on. He's one of those names that I think people don't realize they've heard his music until they start digging into it. Um, And, you know, we kind of talked about that, how he's evolved his sound and worked in so many different genres that he does have such a wide base of, of listeners that maybe don't know everything that he's done, or maybe don't necessarily even like everything that he's done. Uh, But, you know, super cool to talk to uh talking about again the single with magnolia park uh working with loveless and what's coming up in the future um he's got a ton of stuff planned that we're you know really excited to talk about and dive into so that you guys can stay on the the front edge of what he's got going on uh because he's definitely on the blow up uh which is just awesome to see. So, so yeah, let's just dive into this. This is my conversation with Ryan Oaks. Awesome. Uh, so to kick things off, I do start with the same boring ass question every time. What's your name and a uh, little background on yourself? Yeah. So for those that don't know, my name is Ryan Oaks. Um, I was like this independent artist for 10 years. I've recently signed a deal but um, basically I somehow just kept putting songs out on the internet and like 250 songs later, Things started taking off uh, by themselves. Ended up signing a record deal recently that I'm super stoked about, but I'm still like super hands-on, creative control. Like everything is still up to me at the end of the day. Um, So yeah, it's just been a crazy journey. I started off as like a rapper and now it's more like a rock infused pop punk rap thing going on, like a mix of every genre. It's like my goal now to just incorporate as many as I can just to see what I can get away with. But um, yeah, man, it's uh, it's been a pretty crazy journey so far. Yeah, for sure. And that was the thing, you know, when when the team hit me up, I was like, man, I know that name, but I couldn't place why I knew that name. And it's because, like, I couldn't pin you down. You know, it was one of those, I've heard some of your old rap stuff. I've heard the newer stuff. So I was like, is that the same dude that did, you know, that song with Loveless a couple months ago or last month, I guess. And just all of that. So it was really cool when I sat down and dug into it. And I was like, oh, dope, you know, like. Because I've, you know, Spotify wrapped obviously just happened for everybody. So to see the dichotomy of a lot of people's uh, wrapped is awesome. And that's how it's always been for me is like, I don't stick to one genre. So, you know, you coming through so many different genres, I think it puts you in this really place. Um, obviously, it's starting to to pay off in more and more streams and things like that. But it puts you in this really cool place where like, fuck it. You know, if it's a rap show, I can show up and I can be there. If it's a pop punk show, I can show up and I can do that. Like I've got the tools and the talent to do whatever I need to do. Yeah. It's like 
we're trying to get better about it because like you said it was definitely all over the place when i first started experimenting with it um like it's some of them were really far rap and some of them were like 100 pop punk and now like years in with like i know who i work well with so basically we're just kind of fine-tuning that so it's a little more put together but the the idea behind it was so that we could show up to any tour and basically never be able to be told no by like hip hop guys or like pop punk rock guys. And even like, I think metal and new core, like uh, and new metal, I should say, would would even gravitate towards my stuff. So we're closer to meeting that goal. I think there's still a little work to be done, but we're definitely getting closer every day. So, yeah. So for someone that's been in the, the industry, as long as you have, I've had this conversation with a few people where, you know, talk about the the evolution of what you've seen because you know growing up we didn't have all the same types of social medias and things like that and now like putting out good music is one thing but marketing yourself correctly on instagram tiktok that's where you start to flourish yeah it's been interesting man because i've been around so long that i was putting music out before spotify existed you know what i mean like i had stuff on myspace i had stuff on soundcloud when soundcloud was like the place to go I was around when getting your music on like good music all day and all those music blogs was like the way to blow up. And then that stuff fizzled out. And then the next thing was like, you get posted on these big YouTube channels um, and that's how you get your exposure. And then it was a Spotify playlisting and now it's the TikTok social media stuff. I think I got kind of lucky because before music, I was into videography. So I was learning how to edit videos and stuff. And so like when that stuff kind of just came back, I was like, oh, well now I can use everything I've ever learned. But it's definitely a two-edged sword because like you find yourself stressing out about like, oh, I don't have a TikTok idea today. And you're a musician and you're like, why do I have to right. think of a TikTok <laughs> idea? But um, it's been a little easier for me than most. And I'm super fortunate in that stuff just because I used to be like an internet nerd and make like skits and sketches before music. So having that stuff come back honestly gave me an advantage. And I was one of those guys who was super against it at first. Like I only got on TikTok in January of this year. But that first week I got on, I went mega viral and like got 60,000 followers overnight. Uh, all my stuff went crazy. My catalog blew up even more. And um, I was like, oh, so this is what I've been missing. And I've been going hard ever since. And I haven't gotten as good results, but it's definitely helped push forward. I mean, I'm at like 130,000 followers and my goal before the end of the year was like 25. So like right. <laughs> I easily surpassed that. So it's been good. And it obviously helps nowadays with stuff like tours. Like I've gotten some good tour looks um, for this upcoming year, just based off that stuff, which has been interesting to see. But um, yeah, it's been a wild little experiment, TikTok and whatnot. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think that's the thing that the casual listeners probably, you know, don't really understand is back in the day, tours came because you were hustling or you shook the right hands at the right time. And now it's like, oh, but my analytics say that I'll do well there. So you should put me on your tour. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, just like you said, it's just so different where you see people getting looks based on TikTok followers now and, and the music might not be there yet. Or like they take these kids from TikTok and try to make them stars and it feels super artificial. It's just like in a in a good way honestly too it's like the wild west of music all over again because yeah. now all the rising stars are like people that would have never had a chance because of these kids in like small midwest towns that no one's ever heard of uh and they're really good but they're not in la they're not in new york they're not in like a music hub that's going to help them get there um so it's been cool in that sense but like it is kind of crazy now the way the music industry is kind of just run off this one app um it's super interesting to me yeah 
Um, talk a little bit about, you know, we touched on the evolution of your sound. It's obviously been an intentional thing for you, but growing up, like, was it all, you know, I guess it wasn't, but was it all like a hip hop influence? Like, how did you start finding out that music was the direction you wanted to go with life? Funnily enough, um, my parents just kind of pushed it on us as kids because like we were all really creative. Um, and I was in a bunch of pop punk bands in elementary school, whether or not those can be deemed bands when you're like 10 years old. Right. Uh, that's up in the air. But I was a guitar player and I remember like learning how to play Sugar Were Going Down and like all those songs were coming out around then. And I played that at my fifth grade party and we were like the coolest kids ever because we had a band and we were 12 playing at <laughs> our school party. And then you just grow up and that stuff fizzles out. And then I didn't get back into music until high school. Um, they were just kids freestyling at parties and I would just be drunk and I'd give it a try and I'd be a lot better than most people. And that's when a buddy of mine that was going to the Marines was like, I want you to make a mixtape when I get like, by the time I get back from my uh, deployment. And he was like half kidding. And I was like, maybe like, I'll try that. Yeah. And this was going into my senior year of high school. And I made my first song on like a $20 Best Buy mic in my mom's closet. And as soon as I put it out, everyone hated it. Like they were like, this is so bad. And then I'm just like a really stubborn person. And it's like my work ethic comes from being stubborn in a sense that once they said that, I was just like, well, now I'm going to do it. And I like gave right. up all my sports scholarships my senior year and like quit everything cold turkey uh, and just went all in. I did end up going to college and graduating, but like no sports scholarships or anything. And then just full sent it to LA. And once I got here, decided I hated rapping and it wasn't cool anymore. And then ever since then, it's just been kind of trying to figure out and fuse and mix things in a way that I like that can just like across the music spectrum, like we were saying, apply to like as many people as we can without being too bland and boring, like like a plain pop song, you know right. what I mean? Um, and we're almost there. I don't think we're there yet, but we're almost there. Yeah. No, I, I would agree. I think you've are definitely in the right direction. If you're not in that pool yet, like you're, you're treading the edge of it, just waiting to jump in. Um, for you, what, I guess, you know, coming through the rap, like you said, it, it becomes a, they're hit a point where it's like, oh, this isn't cool for me anymore. Do you think that had to do with I don't want to say an inauthenticity, but like almost not relating to it anymore because you've kind of grown up and went through different life experiences. Or was it just a thing where it was like, I just don't think that's what I want to do. Yeah. So there's a couple of different things that contributed to that. The main one was every time I was making like mental health has always been a big topic that I still take seriously in all my music, but like I was making a sad rap song and it would blow up and I was like, okay, I'll just keep covering this. And it was just like beating a dead horse so many times. Um, and they were authentic, but like, you can only make so many sad songs where you're like, okay, I don't want to be sad. <laughs> right. Um, and at the same time, like I was doing just like, I was rapping in a way that as I was growing up felt like corny, like you always hear like the flibbity hibbity quick yeah. like white rapper stuff and i was definitely in that pool of people at the time and it was working well but i was just growing up and i was like this isn't cool to me anymore this doesn't feel like artistic it's more just like how fast can i rap and show off and it wasn't like pushing me as a musician to be better and i've always wanted like the whole goal from all of this is just be known as like a really phenomenal writer yeah. like music aside if it's someone else's song like it's my goal to just be like a really solid songwriter 
and it just wasn't like serving that purpose anymore. So I was like, everyone that's writing songs is probably doing more than rap. And then at that time I was super tone deaf and could not sing to save my life. Like it was really bad. So when COVID hit, I just started doing a bunch of singing tutorials on YouTube and taught myself how to kind of sing and then started taking vocal lessons. And it's just been like an uphill battle ever since to like figure that stuff out, but it's getting there. Um, so yeah, it was just like kind of just wanting to grow as an artist and, and keep pushing myself uh, to figure out like how far I can take this, what I can and can't do and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. See, and I, I think that's dope because it's one of those things, you know, so often it feels like people kind of pigeonhole themselves, right? Like, oh, this thing's working. So like, I'm just going to, like you said, beat the dead horse. I'm just going to keep pushing that thing. And then it's like, well, cool, but you've been doing the same thing for 15 years. Like, I don't give a shit about it anymore. You know, like very few bands have, have lasted without evolving their sound. Um, and I think it's cool that you recognize that early enough on that it's been uh, kind of this metamorphosis process for you to, you know, like you said, kind of reach out to all these different genres, including trying to get into like new metal and stuff where I think that's a, a dope aspect, you know, like um, the person that came to mind when you first mentioned that was um, Jarris Johnson. I actually saw yeah. him open for corn and I was like, you know, this is, this is fucking dope. Like this, the fact that he can come out and perform with a band like corn is insane because you know, you're roughly my age. 20 years ago, that shit never would have happened. People would have just mm. booed that right off stage. Yeah. Even from like a consumer standpoint, I always hated when an artist would drop a song and I listened to their next song and it was the same thing. And obviously like with all the social media apps, everyone's attention span is like so small yeah. that my focus moving forward on everything is like, this needs to be a complete 360 from the last song. Like this album I'm putting out now isn't as methodical as the next one will be, but like we're really nailing it for my second one um, where everything's just like a 360 roller coaster. Like even halfway through the songs, we're changing up the beats and vibes completely and like mixing everything together. So it like as soon as you start zoning out, like we catch their ear again. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like really crazy that the attention to detail has to be like that crazy now where you can't just like let a song flow through. You have to figure out how to keep people's attention and add little. Uh, pieces to songs that like might not be there if that wasn't the case, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think it's cool though. It's obviously pushing music in a new direction and making people forced to create new things and like really try. And I really like that, but uh, it's definitely pretty hard to nail for sure. For sure. But I think, you know, going back to your last release with uh loveless, like that song's been out roughly a month. You have, uh, Spotify, like 650 or 660,000 streams on it already. Uh, yeah, just under 660. Um, so, you know, like it's something for sure. There's, there's something that's triggering with people that they're going, Oh, cool. This, this connects, you know? And I think, um, Loveless is one of those artists in a similar boat as you, where it's like, he's been grinding and grinding and now it's time to shift things into a new direction. Um, Talk a little bit about, I want to get into the the next single, which will be out when this episode comes out, which is with Magnolia Park, but talk mm -hmm. about like the intentionality of who you're kind of linking up with for this new push. So we're obviously being really good about people who are killing it with content. Cause like, that's 
been my focus this year too. So like Loveless and Magnolia Park are like two names that ring a bell off rip. Um, the Loveless thing happened because funnily enough, the guy, one of the guys that produces my stuff has known Julian the singer since he was like 12. Um, and we were just making songs and he was like, why haven't you hit this guy up yet? And I looked him up. This was like four to five months ago. And I just started following his stuff and like paying attention and like keeping tabs. And then I actually messaged him about getting on a different song and he jumped on it and he was like, Hey, like, I'm not really feeling this. Like, can we get together and make something from scratch? And I was like, absolutely hit up my friend Jaden Seeley from the band with confidence who has a hand in a bunch of my stuff mm -hmm. as well. And we just got in the studio and he was like, loveless. He was just like, I've never made like a really aggressive song. And that's like your thing. Like, let's just make like a super douchey, like let's flex on everyone. Like, look how far we came thing. And I was like, that is my specialty. Like, let's do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, Jaden just killed the beat. Obviously Julian's voice is ridiculous. Um, and he nailed it. And I think that when you just get people together in a room and that song came together super quick and that's always a good sign where if it's yeah. like, you're not getting dragged along for like a 12 hour session, it was like a three hour thing um that you have something special so we were like all right let's just not overthink it like this sounds great uh we did like one day of extra touch-ups and that was it we just threw it out see what happened and obviously you know it went pretty well so yeah yeah i think that's the thing you know he's he's a name that anybody that's on tiktok if you've not seen loveless's name pop up i don't know what the fuck your your for you page looks like and i probably don't want to know you know it's yeah it's one of yeah, those I things was, <laughs> i was home for thanksgiving and like my, even like kids that are nice, but they just don't pay attention to music. And I'm totally fine. Just like from my hometown, they were like, dude, I was following this guy Loveless on TikTok and we had made a bunch of skits together and they were like, you're all over his stuff. And we dove back in and they were like, it's so crazy. Like we thought you were still rapping only. And I was like, no, dude, like we've been around, like trying to figure this out. So it's, and, and funnily enough, I get comments on TikTok all the time because for some reason my Spotify took off before my socials did. Yeah. which is like reverse now. Usually it's like you blow up on socials and you convert to Spotify and they're like, wait, is this the Ryan Oaks that made this song from like seven years ago? And I'm like, yeah, that is literally me. And and so like my fans are finally finding me, it seems through that stuff. So that's been cool as well. Yeah. That's, that's really dope that, you know, like you said, that's reverse of what a lot of people are experiencing. And I would assume, you know, you may be able to speak to this conversion rate from Spotify to socials is probably lower than from socials over to Spotify, right? Because it's a little harder to direct one way that, rather than the other. Yeah, it's slim to none, to be honest. I think they're going to get better about it in the future. Like I'm hearing a bunch of rumors that they're going to make it like a little more of a social media platform and like incorporate stuff so you can like message your fans on Spotify. But um, it's definitely easier to get people from socials to Spotify. And so that's one of the biggest things where it's like when we tour, how are we going to reach our fans? And Spotify's actually incorporated stuff to like safety net you on that now, which has been great because that's been a big concern. Um, but yeah, honestly, like having my big TikTok and different fans on Spotify, like and all that kind of mixing and matching together has been a good thing for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Spotify alone, you're over one million uh, monthly listeners, which is an insane number, you know, a lot of people are like, yeah, but there's like, you know, however many million people in, in the U S and it's like, right. But that dude is getting people every single month to listen to his shit, you know? So like, it's crazy. Even some of the bands that you think are like huge names, when you actually look at their streams, it's like, Oh, they're, they're not trending as well here, but you go to a show and it's sold out. And I think, 
you know, that's obviously changing with the industry. Um, and there's a little more ability to be intentional with where you go. Thanks to those analytics, you can tell like, okay, Phoenix, Arizona is a trash spot for me, but Las Vegas, for whatever reason is killing it. Like let's go to Vegas yeah. instead. Yeah, it's a it's a wild time when it comes to like the headline touring based off of online numbers, just because there's people with like 20 million monthly listeners who can't sell out like a 200 cap venue. Right. And then there's like a new metal band with 200,000 monthly that's going to sell out a tour of like 500 caps. Yeah. So, yeah, you just hear disaster stories and like crazy victory stories all the time now of like, wow, that person sold nothing. And then this small band is outselling this person who's like got millions of Instagram followers and yeah. it's just like all over the place. So like, I just going back to like that wild West thing, we're just in this weird time. And I think it's cool. I have no complaints about it. So no, no, I, I totally agree. And the one that comes to mind, you, you mentioned the victories is um, bad omens. You know, yeah. they had, they had uh, that song blow up as a trend and now they're out on tour with Dayseeker, a uh, thousand below. And I forget the other one they sold out that entire fucking tour in like a month because yeah. of all that shit blowing up on TikTok. And it's like, that's fucking dope because they went from playing 150 cap rooms to like, Hey, we're having to upgrade this venue. We have to move over here now. Like it's really cool to see the scene being kind of rejuvenated through the social media platforms. Yeah. I think a lot of people, are surprisingly having a lot of luck with TikTok right now. Like Loveless is selling their tours out. This girl Scene Queen I work with, mm -hmm. um, I saw that project be built from the ground up, which has been crazy. Like before her first song was out, and she's selling out every show she touches overseas, America, like any venue. Uh, my buddy Games, we play another example. Like it's converting to ticket sales a lot more than I think some people expected. Um, but again, like then there's those kids that are like the hot dudes on TikTok. They're trying to turn into musicians. Right. No one's tuning into any of that. So it's like such a wild thing to see. Yeah, for sure. Um, so again, this the new track will be out when this goes live already. But let's talk a little bit about linking up with Magnolia Park. Um, like you said earlier, they've been killing it in the scene, but also in the content creation. Um uh, reading over the the press release that was sent to me, the thing that I found interesting was that you mentioned that you kind of wanted to put them out of their comfort zone and make them rap a little bit on your song versus letting them relax. What was that kind of dynamic for you on like, obviously it's not a force thing, but like, hey guys, I think that we can push the envelope doing this. How did that conversation go? And just kind of, you know, where did all that form for you? It's been interesting. Like if I'm going to work with someone, I'm always just going to be that guy that's like, try something new. And if it doesn't work, we can like jump back to what you wanted to do. Um, I don't know. I just, I just know Josh and I know he's like a super versatile artist. Like he has his side project is just his name as well. Uh, funnily enough, we were making content at 7am this morning for this song. <laughs> um just because like he's out here filming videos and he's slammed and it's crazy that he would i just like threw the idea of like let's just wake up super early and film a bunch of stuff tomorrow if you're down <laughs> and he was like yeah of course i'm down i was like oh like super easy so it's like they've been super easy to work with and it's been phenomenal um i'm not sure how or why i wanted him to rap but initially like they weren't on the song and we were like shopping it for the features and i had rapped on that second verse and i was like hey would that be something you just wanted to do. Like you could do your own thing. And he was like, nah, like I want to try to do that. And uh, of course he nailed it and it sounds super sick. 
So yeah, I guess just like when I'm working with someone, I'm just going to be the annoying guy. That's like, let's get you out of your comfort zone and like try to grow a bit and like, see if it'll work. If it doesn't work, it's not going to work. But, um, yeah, it went great. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, to your point, it's one of those things like, let's try it. Nobody's going to know that it exists in that format until we say that it's okay. So like, if we try it and it sucks, like, fuck it, let's revert back to some other variation. Um, knowing what you know now, kind of looking at the scene and, and all that, uh, what would you say the biggest thing that you've learned to kind of get out of your own head has been? Like, obviously in the hip hop realm, you know, the freestyle battles and shit like that back in the day, like it was so easy to get sucked into, I have to be able to do this thing. What have you kind of learned that like, fuck it, I can do my own? It's hard to say. I guess it's like kind of bringing the rap into that scene. Cause like with my background, there's not many people that like can really rap like I can in, in this part of music. And that's kind of why I like pivoted to that shift just because when you're mixing like really raw hip hop rapping, like there's the sum 41 and like limb biscuity rap. And like, I think it, I can do that. And I think it is very different if you like really pay attention and i really pay attention to dumb stuff like that. But um, I think the one thing that's like really making me unique was because we cut out the rap completely thinking I couldn't do it if I was doing this type of stuff. Yeah. And then I got a new manager at the top of the year and he's like, no, you're being stupid. Like we need to do this to like, really set ourselves apart because like we really can this way so it's really just been like going back to my roots and it really made me fall in love with rapping all over again and wanting to be like really competitive and like push the boundaries of rap in this side of music and really show that like you can be like a really legendary well-known rapper without just being on the hip-hop beats mad respect to that side of music because i'm sure there's some conflict with me saying that but uh i really just wanted to sh- I want to currently show the world that like one of the best rappers doesn't have to come from hip hop. If that makes sense. Like that's my big goal for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, th- I think that's a, a really cool concept because, you know, I think traditionally we've been conditioned that like you get in your box, whatever your genre box is. And that's, that's your home. That's where you live. Nobody kind of used to venture out um, up until, you know, the last probably, five, seven years, we've seen a lot more of that genre fusion and things like that. Um, For you with that genre fusion, who have been kind of some of the, obviously you're doing your own thing, but who are some of the people you're looking at going, maybe they're onto something or, you know, I can tweak that. Yeah. Funnily enough, Lincoln Park is a super obvious one. Like they were like 20 years ahead of all that. (laughs) Yeah. But um um we really dive into like they did this project with jay-z where they even flipped it even more yep. and we were Love like that album. This, yeah we were like this is now but we need to make this sound like now if that makes sense and uh we really have been trying to like they have been a huge inspiration for me even before music obviously like they were everyone's childhood band but um just like more modern lincoln parky um beastie boys kind of on the new second album like we're pulling from all the old stuff that worked and modernizing it well so like there's a lincoln park track but the verses sound like a beastie boy song you know what i mean and it somehow works when you pick your brain enough and spend hours trying to find the right sounds but um yeah just like all the legends from like our childhood early 2000s era 
uh, even a little before that. And just in like bringing it back and making it sound fresh and new and just when it hits your ear, it just like hooks you immediately. Like we're really trying to be particular about that stuff. But the biggest one will always be Linkin Park for now, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to ask off that album, what what was the track for you? Like everybody has a favorite off that Collision Course album. We I, I always listen to the numb encore one. That's that one. is yeah. It's the biggest one. And it's really cliche to say, but like, I really like that one. I, I think that's it's either that or Jigawatt and Faint for me. Yeah, like, for sure. Those two just absolutely killed it. Um, so moving forward, you know, you're going to have this Magnolia Park song dropped. Um, what's kind of the vision for you? Obviously, 2023 is basically wrapped at this point. Yeah. What's or sorry, 2022 is wrapped at this point. 2023. What's the, the vision for Ryan Oaks is and then boom, this is what I'm doing pushing everything forward if that makes sense like i'm so i've had the worst luck touring this year and i did no touring because two tours like got canceled and fell through because of things out of my control so we locked in and made tons of music i want to spend the entire next year on the road and just like put this new stuff in front of people and just see how they react like it's going to be interesting because like we said we're going to do some rap tours we're going to do some pop punk tours we're going to do some rock new metal stuff like different festival vibes to try out um and I'm like, I'm super keen to see what like the reaction is, because I really feel like I'm sitting on some new stuff and some stuff that's also sitting safe as well. So like we have that in case it's not going as planned. Right. But um, I really just want to be like Jairus Johnson caught a big buzz because he was the guy that was like, I'm modern rock. Like, this is what it's going to sound like. I'm, I don't think I'm modern rock. I just think I'm the modern artist of like, there is no genre. There is no more boundaries like. I can drop a song and you can hate it and that's fine. And then my next song might be your favorite song ever and be right. on your playlist. And then the next one you might be like, okay, like this is it. But um, I just want to like have something for everyone in a way that's not detrimental to myself and like the brand, if that makes sense. Like you want to be all over the place in one spot, which makes no sense. But um, I, yeah, I just want to be that guy where they're like, this guy is the one who's pushing boundaries in a non weird way and everything makes sense. And like, we see it and we get it. Um, and I think we're dangerously close to that. So I'm very, very excited. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the big thing for that is authenticity, right? Like yeah. as long as you're being authentic and putting out music that you care about and that's true to you, it's going to connect with people. It may not be the same people every time, like you're saying, but as long as it's hitting home, like you said it kind of earlier, like, Sure, you could probably write the next top 40 pop song, but it's not going to sound genuine. It's not going to be what you love. Like, there's nothing worse for anyone listening to this that's never been up on stage performing. There's nothing worse than being on stage performing a song that you don't fucking believe in. Yeah, yeah, especially that, dude. Like, I had some of my biggest songs even now. It's, like, hard for me to want to put in my set because I'm like, this was, like, I've had songs for 10 years just floating on the internet and some of my oldest, oldest songs are some of my biggest. And I'm like, it just doesn't feel like me anymore. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like super brutal. And then you get the fans that are there to see those songs and you're like, I'm so sorry. Like I had no idea. I just didn't feel like, I feel like I put out so much stuff that it's like, I don't want to play those songs anymore. 
And um, it's always super interesting in that aspect too. Like, especially this next year, if I'm on like a pop punk tour, there's definitely going to be kids that show up for my songs like seven years ago right. and I'm going to play nothing like it. <laughs> um, and I know that's just going to happen. Cause like I said, that social media disconnection is like a little difficult when it comes to that stuff. But they've all, like, I've had kids, even I did a couple shows with this band Point North and a couple of mm -hmm. kids did show up and ask about it. And they were all super cool. They were like, dude, we didn't even care. Like this new stuff is like super sick and we can tell like you're into it. So I've always had this fan base that has kind of just like been able to tell that I'm being authentic with my stuff and have gravitated to it towards that. And I do keep my subject matter, like I said, usually pretty deep. That heavyweight song was not deep at all. It was super douchey and I was just getting it off my chest. But um, I try to keep it super real, super authentic. And no matter where I go, people seem to just be willing to follow because of that. So, yeah. And I, you know, you mentioned uh, Point North and they're another one of those bands that like over the last 18 months have just had an incredible skyrocket. Um, and I think it goes back to that genre fusion that they're doing because yeah. they're they're in a bunch of different boxes as well. But the authenticity of, you know, no matter what sound sonically we're putting out this is the real life connection yeah yeah it's crazy and it, and now thank god we're in an era that's more accepted because like the first five or six years i was making music it was not accepted at all really um and people were pretty harsh about it but now it seems like everyone's starting to get it they're starting to realize that like i think that like tiktok and everything is going to cause this huge like renaissance of like music and like it's going to get really weird and crazy and I'm super excited because it can go wherever we want it to go now. Um, so I think it's definitely a really good thing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you mentioned Lincoln Park or uh, not Lincoln Park earlier. You did mention them, but Limp Biscuit earlier. Um, and that's when they came back and dropped dad vibes. That's how I felt. I'm like, man, this is fucking weird, but I am into this. Like, yeah, I, I don't know what it is about Fred's, you know, the way that he flows or whatever, but that one hit me and I was like, oh shit, like cool that they're back, but what the fuck is this? What's happening? Um, but I think for you, it's one of those, I don't think there's as much of the, like, what the fuck is happening? It's like a, oh shit, this is cool. I'm into it. And I, I don't even care that, you know, like you said, the nostalgia, maybe I'm not hitting those points anymore. I'm, I'm, living my life in the moment. And I think that's the big thing that gets lost on a lot of fans, casual listeners, whatever we want to call them, you know, like I'm a huge newfound glory fan grew up mm -hmm. with them and whatnot. I don't expect their newest album to sound like the old shit because like they're not 17, 18 year old kids anymore. You know, like yeah, we all grow up and it's we that really weird moment when fans of an artist are like, but this doesn't sound like the, the shit you dropped 10 years ago. Well, yeah, because I'm not that fucking person anymore. Yeah, you now, are like, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, I see a lot of like those bands that are coming back being really good about it, too, where they're just like, go stream it then. Like, go. It's yeah. right there. Go listen to it. This is the new sound. If you don't like it, that's fine. You can still literally just click a button and and find what you're telling us you need. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's it's cool to see them be able to address that stuff and not care because that's the coolest part to me where like i'm at the point where if someone comments anything mean on my stuff i'm like nice like you right. wasted your own time today i don't care um and it's that's the one thing that i think the internet has helped me with is like definitely grow thick skin but uh it's good to be at a point where you don't care anymore for sure yeah 
Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned, you touched on it earlier about mental health always being a, a big factor in what you do. I actually have a second podcast called Musicians for Mental Health, where we talk about a lot of that. But, you know, it, the world we live in now where social media has the potential to be super fucking toxic, you know, it, it's cool that you've learned to kind of adapt with it and go, that's cool. You can be toxic. I don't have to accept that into what my life is or what, you know, what my thoughts are. And you can just say like, okay, I, I hope that, you know, writing that shitty comment made you feel better, but I'm just going to go live life. Yeah. It's like all part of the process, I guess, is just putting yourself out there now. Like the first couple years when I was not good, like it obviously takes, I wasn't talented when I started, right? Like I was a guitar player that was trying to rap. So it didn't come as natural, but like that stuff, instead of kind of like getting down about it, I was just like, like I said, super stubborn. And I was like, well, the more you say it's not good, I'm going to keep going harder. And uh, it just eventually kind of worked itself out, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for whatever you're allowed to talk about at this moment, um, we've got the new single from, from you and Magnolia Park. You've touched on the fact that there's a new album. What details are you allowed to talk about for that new album and kind of what that release schedule looks like? From my understanding, it'll be a single every five to six weeks up until like April or May, or May and then the rest of the album will drop. I think we're doing a little interesting release strategy where we drop seven singles and then there's five extra songs as opposed to just like three singles and then you have to go dig into it. I just personally found from when I was independent that when I was dropping full albums, people don't make it to the end because of attention span, even if like yeah. your favorite songs are there. So my label has been super cool about me like expressing that. And they're like, cool, let's put most of it out first then. Um, and then with that, there will be a headline or co-headline tour. So working that out, I'll be on a bunch of festivals next year. Don't know if I can talk about them, so I won't, but a right. lot of festivals in the rock world for sure. Most, almost all of them, I would say. Um, yeah, just like super stoked. And then once the album comes out, my label already greenlit dropping more music. So like we're just hitting the ground running. We got all the stuff we're sitting on. I'll be all over the road next year and it'll be uh, be a little victory lap of some stuff we've been working on. So it'll be cool. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I think it's cool. Obviously, you know, we don't want to expose any of the stuff that you're not allowed to talk about yet or whatever. But like, I think it's cool that the vision is there and there's people buying into what your vision is too. You know, obviously getting the support from a label is huge. Um, but to hear that, you know, there are other artists or the head, you know, the festivals and things like that, that are like, yeah, let's, let's roll the dice over here. Let's see what's going on. Everyone has been super cool about it. Honestly, like this is my first year really having a foot in the music industry. And I stayed out of it for so long because you hear these horror stories, but eventually you realize it's just, if you had a bad experience in the music industry, you just didn't read your contract. Like that right. is a hundred percent your fault and no one else's fault. Like, sure. You can get a bad manager that screws you over or you can get shelved by your label. But like I waited 10 years to be in a position where no one can do that to me. Like it's literally in my contracts that like, it is impossible legally. Yeah. Um, and I've had a great time, man. Everyone's been super accepting. Like they're really cool about me trying to blend the genres and like take risks on me, like at the rock festivals and like, who knows, maybe we'll be on a rap festival next year and it'll be the worst thing ever. And we're like, all right, definitely not our market. Won't do that yeah. again. Um, it's just like one big experiment to everyone right now. And I really like that. And I think it's really cool. And it's a great spot to be in. 
And um, I think next year we'll find our way, you know, it'll be a lot of ups and downs, but we'll definitely by the end of the year have something we're like super sure on. We know the direction, we know what works and uh, it'll put us in a pretty good place. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, we've touched on a few, but kind of to, to transition us out and, and wrap up the episode, I'm going to ask you for, since you don't have an album out right now that is fresh, I can't ask you my normal exit question, but for you, what are some, some artists that are on your radar that you don't think are getting enough love from people and you think they need to check out other than yourself, obviously? <laughs> I think everyone that I've been collabing with is a super big checkout. I think that we've tried to keep the independent spirit going as I got signed and like help put other independent artists on. There's one artist I found that I'm super stoked on that no one's ever heard of. And I just put them on it, my album and we're going to do a co-release and like blast their Spotify numbers and like help them really get the deserve, uh, the recognition they deserve. Um, I won't mention them yet. I know that's super that's annoying, nope, but it's really, really a sick song and I'm super excited about it. It's actually like the only pop sounding song I have on the album, but uh anyone you see me dropping music with is people i'm excited about anyone that's up and coming i'm just like a big advocate of my friends like there's this guy 0936 i'm friends with uh he does not get enough recognition my buddy jordy perp my friend no love um all people you guys should check out that are super sick artists that are super slept on so yeah yeah awesome man um traditional outro obviously i'll link all your socials and everything but where can people find you what's the best way to connect and, and interact? Yeah, if you search Ryan Oaks, I should pop up on everything now. There used to be a famous magician that popped up and he was like my arch enemy. So if you see a magician, definitely not me. But if you search me now, we should be good. Um, any any website, any streaming platform, any streaming service, anywhere on the internet, I'm there. So Awesome, man. I appreciate your time. I'll definitely uh, keep you posted. And I'm, I'm looking forward to blasting all the stuff that you're putting out because I got that sneak peek of the Magnolia song coming out. Uh, Friday and it it was on the entire drive home from work today, which was let's 30, go 35 minutes. So just repeat, yeah. repeat, repeat. So super sick, dude. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, man. I appreciate it and we'll be in touch for sure. Cool. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Later. Later. And that was my conversation with Ryan Oaks. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Again, huge shout out to him for taking the time to have that conversation with me, um, to talk about these things. And yeah, I really want you guys to go check him out. I mean, he has, like I said, and like we discussed in the conversation there, um, you know, he's kind of been in so many different genres and experimented in so many uh, different soundscapes that... There's going to be something for everyone. It's just a matter of you finding what you like. Uh, odds are there's going to be several things that you enjoy from him. And I'm just stoked for what he's got working and what he's, uh, you know, pushing forward towards with this kind of boundless genre that, you know, he's pushing the envelope and not necessarily fitting into one box anymore because that shit gets boring and it's not necessarily what a lot of people a lot of listeners want to hear anymore so huge shout out to ryan be sure you go give him a follow like subscribe share all that shit on his socials um he's super active over on tiktok and instagram so hit him up over there watch his shit it's 
super cool. Um, be sure you're paying attention for his new releases as we discussed in there. Uh, going to be dropping new singles every like four to six weeks, uh, roughly is the plan. So definitely keep your eye out for that stuff. That's everything I've got for you guys on this episode. Uh, for the You Make the Scene side, again, huge shout out. Thank you guys for all the support and love. And, you know, this year's Spotify rap numbers were just incredible. I'm super grateful. Be sure that you have liked and subscribed to the podcast, that you're following the Instagram. Um, jump over to TikTok. You can find us there as well. And we're going to work on putting some stuff together for over there. We keep starting it and stopping it, but I am going to start putting more content out over there. Um, and this episode is going live right as the 2022 You Make the Scene Awards uh, are going up for voting. I was a little late in getting it done this year just based on some other stuff I had going on, unfortunately. But the voting is up now, and it will run until uh, Wednesday, December 28th. So I'm going to give you guys right at two weeks, uh, and then we will announce the winners on Friday, December 30th, right before the new year. So that'll be a dope little setup that way. Um, and yeah, just again, I really appreciate everything you guys have done for me this year. All the support that you've given. Looking forward to bringing you a ton of new stuff. Um, and, you know, great new conversations, hopefully. So that's it, guys. Remember, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And you make the scene.